everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And today we're looking on the bright side and we're talking about the best of 2020. Yes. So we're going to talk about our favorite movies and books of the year and personal and professional accomplishments. We've got a lot for you. Even though 2020 sucked, I bought some great stuff. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into it, tell me your hi. I was just saying before we started recording that I miss you. I've had enough time that I properly miss you. Because last time it had only been three days. Yeah, three days. And now it's it's been been almost two weeks. Yeah. And we've texted, but I haven't talked to you on the phone or anything. Yeah, it's like our recording is like talking on the phone a little bit. I know. So tell tell me your hi. Um, so my high is just, I, I just still love being here. Um, it's so nice to, like, I, I put this on an Instagram caption, but I feel like I always kind of wondered what it would be like to live in a small town and be like close to your family. And Charleston's not a small town, but it is so nice to like, my mom will be out for a walk with my niece and she'll be like, Oh, I'm out walking. Can I stop by and say hello? And like, we'll just like hang out for a little while or she'll like come by and be like, I made soup. Here's some homemade soup for you. Here's some pumpkin muffins. And then my sister is such a quick walk away. Like my favorite little coffee shop is across the street from her. So I'm getting coffee. You want one? And it's just like, I have never known what it's like to like live close to your family as an adult. And I love it. I'm so glad that sounds so nice. Yeah, it is. Somebody was like, I feel like this is the Grace Atwood Hellmark movie. Oh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, like I moved to a small town to learn the meaning of Christmas. Have you met anyone who works in a trade who's like hunky but a little curmudgeonly? (laughs) I got to work on that, like a builder or something. There was a construction. Maybe a plumber? There was a landscaper like putting down a new lawn in my backyard today. That sounds like it. Maybe I should have been more friendly. Yeah. Because that's what every Hallmark movie has taught me is that you need you need a rough around the edges man to teach a big city woman the meaning of Christmas. And somewhere in there you have to start your own bakery. Oh yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. So not uh, striking out at all of that, but I um love living close to my family. It's the best. That's so nice. My mom, I feel like, is on, like, somebody was like, your mom is making you a lot of food. I feel like she's on a hard press to, like, get you to move. Like, my kitchen is stocked. I've got granola, Well, your mom can't sit still. Like, your mom is just such an active person. So I feel like she's excited to have someone to, like, not take it out on. That that sounds bad. It's not bad, but to, like. Yeah. I mean, and then Zoe has, like, all these toys, and Zoe keeps ripping them. So my mom has – to like repair them like she has this bunny and the poor bunny I call it Franken bunny because it has like stitches all around its neck because it keeps Zoe keeps pulling the, the head off Zoe's a little maniac so my mom is being like cooking for all of us she made me this tree did I show you the pine cone tree no but I saw it on Instagram it's beautiful yeah she made me this tree fixing all of Zoe's toys filling my my fridge and my pantry up it's the best thing ever that's so nice and so after we record, I'm going over to my sister's backyard where we are having salmon. But it's very funny because because of Zoe, we eat dinner at 4.30. <laughs> and then I get kicked out of my sister's house at like 7. And then I come home and I could either like go see a friend or I like have a whole night to like sit and read. It's also making me like have a shorter work day because. <laughs> yeah, you got to be ready not- for dinner at 4.30. I'm not used to shutting down. Usually I work till seven, like in New York, like 
my brain turns on later. So I'm like learning to deal with this new schedule. Honestly, with it getting dark so early, last night I was like, it's midnight and it was 6 p.m. Yes. It's getting dark so, so early. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my high. What's yours? Um, My high is just that over the long weekend for Thanksgiving, I took an actual long weekend. I didn't do any work. I didn't have any errands or tasks or anything that I was trying to get done. Um, And it was just so relaxing. I read three books, which I'll tell you about. I ate so much leftover stuffing. I went for really long walks. And it was just so nice. I realized I haven't taken any time off this year. Yeah, it's hard because everything blurs. And you also have rom-com pods. Well, right. So that's an extra thing. But then even with my clients, like it's working for myself, it's kind of a pain in the ass to coordinate time off. So unless I'm going somewhere, I don't usually bother. And yeah, I've taken like a lazy day here and there, but I haven't officially been like, I'm taking a vacation. So I just felt so restored after four days off. That's so nice. It was great. I I feel shiny and new. So nice. What about Lowe's? Oh, so you should be glad that you're not here because you would be like you're you would be through the roof about this. So there's been construction directly outside of our apartment and there's two phases of construction. So the first phase of construction starts at about 730 a.m., which is not awesome, but it doesn't bother me that much. It's not great to be woken out of a dead sleep to a jackhammer. However, I'm like, okay, this is like a reasonable time to get up. What really kills me is during the middle of the day when there's construction, because first of all, I'm trying to take phone calls and it's like, sorry about the jackhammer. Or I'm trying to write or like do work and I'm, I can't. Yeah. So I think it's almost over. I, I feel terrible because what they're doing is they're putting in a handicapped ramp, which is great. So I feel like an asshole. Like I feel like I'm the, um, I'm the villain in this Hallmark movie. Yeah. Where I'm like, how dare you install a handicapped ramp? But it's really cramping my style on a personal level. Since this temporary move to Charleston, I've realized how loud our street is and like the constant noise and interruptions. And I just really feel like there's nothing we can do. That's where we live. But it's a lot. And I almost didn't realize how much it was till I moved somewhere where it's quiet all the time. That doesn't bother me during the day, like the cars or sirens. That's just kind of like white noise in the background. It's it's yeah. like the loud construction noise. But even right before I left, um, that restaurant near us was – they were um, doing all that drilling to make the outdoor area. Mm-hmm. That was making me crazy. Yeah. What's it's your – It's just a lot, of, a lot of loud noises. What's your low? My low is that – so last podcast episode, I was kind of gloating about how warm it was here. Because it was like it's in it's back in the seventies today, but um, karma came for you. <laughs> it came for me. So I was wasn't like reading the weather and stuff. And one night, because I've been having my air conditioner on every night, one night I um <laughs> didn't look at the forecast for the next day, and it dropped to thirty, and I woke up frozen. Like I felt it took me a whole day to get warm. Like my lips were slightly blue when I woke up, and. Then I got a sore throat and a runny nose and was, of course, like, is this COVID? It was no, it was you got frozen to death in your in your apartment. Um, but it's just so funny because I feel like I'm adjusting to the change of seasons all over again. Like I was like, oh, it's warm. It's great. And then it's like, oh, no, it's going to be really cold. So it 
it um it was freezing and I definitely got a little bit of a cold. I I get weekly COVID tests. I'm negative, so I don't want like someone to think that I'm like spreading COVID around. But it was definitely a bad little cold. Oh man. Yeah. It only lasted a couple of days. Like once the weather got back to normal, like my my um running nose went away. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like the cold. Well, it's waiting for you back here. <laughs> I know. I know. In four weeks. Yeah. So it's not a real low. It's just annoying. But um, if you guys want to do something really nice for us before we get into this episode, um, pause what you're doing. Take a screenshot of this podcast. Throw it up on your Instagram story and tell the people that you're listening to Bad on Paper. Or um, if you haven't already, you could go to iTunes um Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Um, it is really hard for podcasts to grow. I think the best thing that you can do is to either leave a review or tell a friend. And it really means so much to us and it helps us grow in a year that has been pretty tough on podcast growth. Speaking of helping us, let's take a quick sponsor break. So by now, you have heard me talk about pros a few times. So they make the world's most personalized hair care. And I started using their shampoo and conditioner back in June, and I am a complete convert. And that is true whether or not they keep advertising on this podcast, which I really hope they do. So my hair overall is so much healthier. It's shinier. It has less frizz. And I'm completely addicted to the scent. I get the Corsica scent. And when I finally went and got a haircut after eight months of quarantine, my hairdresser actually noticed and she was very impressed by how healthy my ends look despite going way too long between cuts. And so now, with the holidays coming up, I think pros would make an awesome gift. So you can send a pros digital gift card, and the recipient will be able to go to their website to take their in-depth hair quiz and create their own personalized formula. So pros' algorithm has over 50 billion formula combinations and determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat their exact hair needs. And another really cool thing is that Pros has a review and refine feature. So when you reorder, you can tell them how they did and tweak the formula to work even better. And it's like the longer you use it, the smarter it gets. They also adjust for seasonal changes, which I think is really, really cool. If you're stumped on what to get as a gift this year, I think Pros is a great choice. It's something that the recipient will use on the reg, and it's completely custom to them. Or maybe this is the perfect thing to gift yourself because I'm a big proponent of the one gift for them, one gift for me lifestyle when I'm gift shopping. And it's completely risk-free. If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They'll take the products back, no questions asked. But I think you're going to be happy because they have over 100,000 five-star reviews. Take gifting to the next level with Pros Custom Hair Care. Get 15% off your order by going to pros.com slash B-O-P. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for 15% off your order. Pros.com slash B-O-P. Pros.com slash B-O-P. And now into the episode. Grace, I see we have um, a new co-host joining us here. Yeah, Tyrion just jumped up. Or well, I pulled him up. He wanted to say hi to you. He misses you. Hi, BB. He smells kind of funny. I don't know what he was doing. Ooh. He smell like, like fish. Tyrion, what was your best buy of 2020? Oh, bye. He's gone. His best buy of, of 2020 was definitely his rainbow cap, catnip snake. It's like a long little thing filled with catnip that he chases. Well, that was a great contribution from Tyrion. Yeah. All right. So what are we starting with? Well, I think we're so starting with – I thought we could oh. start with some like – personal and professional accomplishments. And then we have a lot of like product and TV and movie stuff. I don't know. I feel like I want to end the year on an optimistic note. Like it sucked. It wasn't what we planned. 
but some good things happened. Yeah, absolutely. What was your biggest professional accomplishment this year? I would say um, doing these product collaborations has been really fun. Um, I did two Amazon The Drop collections, and I'm so proud of both of them. Um, I think it's really fun getting to make a product because it's in a way like I would do it anyway just to get to make something that I really want to own and get to have that. But also it's really fun to – it's so satisfying to see women who buy a, a dress that I design and then wear it on Instagram and tag me in their stories. And like, you know, even for Thanksgiving, all, most of the dresses I designed are pretty loose fitting. So I got a lot of people being like, this is my Thanksgiving dress. Like it's been a kind of shitty year and it's a small Thanksgiving with like two people. But I'm like psyched to wear your dress. And that was, that like really warms my heart. That's so nice. Yeah. And then I would just say more like long-term partnerships. Like I got a second year with the Sephora squad, which was such a big deal. And when you have those long-term partnerships, it's like job security. Um, just knowing that you're going to have guaranteed income, you know, every month or at least every other month for a year long period. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I feel like obviously rom-com pods is my biggest professional accomplishment, but not even how it has been received or anything about like the external side of it. Like I am just so proud of us for finishing the first script. Like I've always said that I want to write a book or, you know, have wanted to write something. And the process of getting started has always been so daunting to me. So the fact that we started it and we finished it and we did it twice is like so mind boggling to me. Okay, but yeah, and you're about to do it again. We're about to do it again. Um, but it's, it's just really cool that like, I, I really feel like I learned something new, not in a little way, but in like a really big way this year. So that's exciting. And I feel like it also has like the potential to take my career in a different direction, which I didn't foresee, but I'm like very excited about. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been a good, a good professional year. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the same. I, um, I feel like I can't complain in the in the work department. Yeah. It's just more like the the life kind of department. Yeah. Yeah. We started with professional because I feel like neither of us have um as glowing accomplishments on the personal side. I put yeah, for mine that like staying sane in and of itself is an accomplishment. But I think yeah. this is such a little thing, but I honestly think my biggest personal accomplishment is becoming an at-home workout person. Oh my gosh. Actually, me too. I feel like I actually look forward to an at-home workout now and it's just something I like sneak into my day as opposed to like having it be like this whole big excursion that I have to go do. Yeah. Like I never before quarantine, I was always a group workout person and I wouldn't do it if I didn't have it in my calendar and have to go and have somebody motivate me. And I feel feel really proud that I've become an at-home workout person and it's definitely helped with my sanity during this time. So, you know, I, I'm proud of that. Yeah. What's yours? I have two. I actually, once I sat and I wrote this down, I'm really, really proud of both of these things. The first is like getting my finances in order, just like investing and like financial stuff has always been something that really stresses me out. And it, to be honest, it still does like the tax paying part of blogging and like all the accounting stuff. Like I just always operate from a a mindset of scarcity. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's never, I'm not going to make enough money. Like, oh, this and that. It can be really feast or famine in this industry because it's, it can be December and you're getting like 
you know, you have 20 different brand projects and then it's January and you have maybe one. So I feel like I got my money stuff in order this year. And that was really big because it would be something that would keep me up at night worrying. And I just feel really, I don't, I'm even scared to say this, like I'm knocking on my wood table because I feel really good about money. And that's something I haven't been able to say for like, since I started working for myself full time, you know, I've always saved and I've always, um, been pretty careful, but I also, have a lot of anxiety around money. I think it's more my attitude around money than anything. And I feel like I'm in a good place there. That's great. Um, yeah. The other one, which you know, and I've talked about on Instagram stories a little bit was like getting some help, not in a work sense, but like a personal sense. I, I've had a few little meltdowns this year, just in terms of getting criticism or, having people say really awful things. Um, I mean, that comes with the territory, especially this year when you're talking about politics and I don't know, the flu shot was apparently controversial (laughs) and things like that. And it has got, it got to be a lot to handle. And I felt like little things would just add up and add up and have such a horrible impact on my mental health. Like it wasn't like some horrible thing happened or I got canceled or anything really bad. It was just like a whole lot of little things adding up and add to that the fact that I have really serious people pleasing tendencies and just the type three type three vibes is the type three and the type two. The type two, my wing is a people pleaser. So, or I for an it's the helper. I forget what it is. Is the helper. So it's the achiever combined with the helper. T- listen to our um, Enneagram personality test if you don't know what this is. But um, everything was just really adding up. And I talked to, and I it's okay to say this because she talks about it on her stories. But I talked to Liz Adams about it, and she referred me to this woman, Jackie Lachlan. And we have weekly sessions. It's literally the best hour of my whole week. Um, sometimes it's hard because it's like she can just like see right in to your soul. Um, and it's, it's definitely like a lot, I'm, we're doing like a lot of really tough work. Like just looking at like what I want life to look like, like why I'm doing, why I have these, this need to please everyone around me, um, and stuff like that. And I have to say it's only been a month. So like Rome wasn't built in a day and I'm still like doing a lot of, like, it's, it's a lot of work, like a lot of just yeah. like journaling and list making and really thinking about what I want out of this life. And she's been so helpful. That's amazing. I can really tell a difference in your, I don't know how much of it is being in Charleston and being like around family and being <laughs> yeah, relaxed or how much of it is, Jackie, but I can definitely see a difference in you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a it's it it it's been scary to to do this, but um, I'm really glad I did. And I just feel also I feel like since I have this person that I'm talking to, I can be a better friend, and I can also be a better um, a better blogger. Like little things don't set me off as much. Those are two really big things for me. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yours um, have like a, far outshined mine. <laughs> no, but usually personally, I'd be like, oh, I went on this really amazing trip. I'm so proud of this. Or like, oh, I'm dating someone really wonderful. Like there's been none of that. That's what no. I think of with personal. And then I was like, actually, this was a good year of personal like work. Yeah, yeah. But your work one, like you learned a whole new skill. I did. I did. Yeah. What is your favorite bad on paper episode from this year? 
Okay. So I saw yours and I feel like yours were really like educational and good. Um, mine were our, our silly ones at the beginning of lockdown. Um, I loved our fuck Mary Kill episode. I do too, actually. Those the fuck Mary Kill and the Would You Rather were both so fun for us to record. We had so much fun. Um, I love those. Oh my gosh, have you seen on TikTok those guess who things where they take a guess who board and you have to ask really specific questions about who it is? No. Like they take a guess who board and then they change it to either be their friends or I saw one where it was like people on The Bachelor, like. Obviously, this game wouldn't work on a podcast because you wouldn't be able to see who we're flipping down. But I feel like that would be another really fun game for us to play is like personalized guess who. I'll, I'm down. I don't, you're going to have to send me some of these TikToks as I am an old and I don't understand how this works, but I'm down. Maybe that's what I'll make you for Christmas is a personalized guess who. Oh, I can't board. wait. I can't wait. Um, Wait. So besides those, though, I really loved our episode about being single that we did like right in the beginning of the new year. Grace, I I just saw this and I forgot that this that was this year. It feels like a lifetime ago. Well, it's funny because I went through our list of episodes because at first I was like, I don't know what my favorite episode is. And I was like, being single, no, that's from like three years ago. And I'm like <laughs> this year. No, it's this year. That oh, one man. And last but not least is the episode with Claire and Erica. Um, and that's for a few reasons. Um, first of all, they're amazing. They have like the best recommendations and the best life advice. Secondly, I felt like they're kind of our friends now. And I think that they're really, really cool. The pandemic has really interfered with us being able to catfish our guests into being close personal friends because we don't see strangers yeah. out anymore. The other thing I would say is Erica's confidence in not wanting kids. I think she was a really good influence on me because it was something I always knew in my head that I didn't want them. But like spending time with a woman that I admire that I think is really cool and like such a strong person, it made it gave me the confidence to talk about it more. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with them. I love them. They are they're such nice people and they're so good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Like they're I just admire them so much. Same. Same. Yeah. What are your favorites? So my two favorites are um, our episode with Sally Krawcheck and our episode with Grossy Pelosi. So it's yes. kind of two sides of the same coin. So Sally Krawcheck is somebody that I have admired for so long, and she has been on my dream podcast guest list since we started. So actually getting to sit down with her and make that episode was like – so phenomenal. And it's also just a topic that I feel really passionate about, about being empowered around money. So I love that we were able to light the fire and get other people obsessed with Sally. Yeah. So that was one of my favorites. And then on a personal level, Grossy Pelosi, I obviously was obsessed with on Instagram and like on this podcast before we actually met him. And so get having him come on and like getting to talk to him was like such a treat. And I also yeah. just feel like he was such a good guest. Like he had such great stories and like just lived up to the hype in every single way. He's amazing. I love him so much. He's just a, such a ray of light. And especially during such a blah year, like following yeah. him, talking to him, having him on the podcast is just like such a like kick of positive energy that I need. I could not agree more. What about for you? I also put in here, what was your favorite blog post that you did? Oh, speaking of um, 
not wanting kids, that post, that post got hundreds of comments. People came out of the woodwork to email me to tell me that they felt the same way. I connected with so many women, especially who are married and in relationships and got horrible um, comments made to them for, for being in a relationship and not wanting children. I think that people, I get it a little bit easier because people see me as like the sad single woman that can't find a man. So of course I'd have children if I if I could only find a partner. Whereas if you are, if you do find that and you find that partner, um, people can be really critical. Or if you only want one child, which I've seen with my sister who really only wants one child, there's a whole stigma around that. And I just think, I just feel like I connected with so many amazing readers and women um, who are either felt the same way as me or felt differently, but had something to share. Like I still find myself just reading the comments on that post because they're so thoughtful and interesting. I loved that post. If you haven't read it, listener, you should go to Grace's blog and you should definitely check it out, whether or not you want to have kids. Yeah. The comments are better than actually what I wrote. It's read the comments or my blog, but the comments are amazing. Yeah. Both. Yeah. All right. Getting into the consumerist portion of this, what was your best overall purchase this year? I also have categories of like sub purchases, but what was your number one purchase this year? Okay. Um, on a fancier note, I would say my dining room chairs. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they make the space look so much better and they're also just beautiful and make me really happy to sit in. Um, on a less expensive note, I would say two things. Brightland olive oil. I never thought I would be an olive oil person, but that lemon olive oil, I put it on everything and it makes like just plain old sliced tomatoes taste like luxurious. Did you send some to Charleston? I did. <laughs> That's how committed you are. I did. So I did a few things for Charleston. Well, Chappie Rap very nicely sent me a blanket because, you know, that's my favorite blanket. But I bought Brightland and I bought the Always Pan from our place. And my rationale, this is. So you bought a second Always Pan? I did. Okay. But here's my rationale. It's going to be like a, not a Christmas present, like a New Year's present that's slightly used for my parents when I moved back to Brooklyn. (laughs) But they're pumped. I told them about, like, I've given them a lot of Brightland, like, because my dad loves it so much. And it's like, my dad gets Equilibria and Brightland because it's so hard to find things that he loves. And he loves CBD and he loves the olive oils. So I keep doing that. But um, I gave, I gave, um, I gave them Brightland a while back and they love it. And then the always pan, my mom was like, I want that pan on your, in- that you put on your Instagram and stuff. I'm like, oh, don't worry. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but you can't have it till January. <laughs> I'm going to use it first just to make sure it's good. Yeah, I'm just testing it out. I wouldn't want to give you a faulty pan. Yeah, so I would say the the Brightland olive oil and the Always pan. And then the turntables for our refrigerators. Oh, that was such um, a little thing that is such a f- game changer. It just make a good like stocked clean tidy refrigerator is one of the life's simple pleasures but the turn the so she what she's talking about is that we both got lazy susans to put in our fridge i can't remember who did it first and i feel like you did i don't know maybe but i <laughs> i so we both have lazy susans in our fridge and so i i keep like an overflow of condiments on it or yeah, mostly it's like overflow of condiments, but it's so nice to have more space than st- instead of just using the front of your refrigerator. Oh, it makes such a big difference and it makes me happy 
on a daily basis. I agree. And it just, it makes it so much easier to access that like back part of the fridge. Totally. Totally. I also put one in one of my cabinets where I keep all my canned goods. And that's also been really useful so that I can like beans and canned tomatoes and things like that. And I don't have to like take everything out when I want to access something. What is your best purchase? Okay. I feel like none of my best of 2020 purchases are surprising because I can't shut up about any of them. But I think- all we have to live for is stuff. I know. Seriously. (laughs) I don't have any human interaction. It's work and stuff. My number one purchase was definitely the SoulCycle bike. And I hemmed and hawed over getting it for months because- For months. For months. Because I did not- I couldn't justify the price. I think it's like $2,500. And having had it for like two and a half months now, I'm like, how did I ever think that not having this was an okay decision? It has like changed the game for me. Having my favorite workout at home, especially on days where it's like cold or rainy, and also just being able to do it in on days that are busy when I just have half an hour and I don't have time to like go somewhere, do the workout, come home shower, do the whole thing. Like it's just so easy to have it in my house. And I know that I said when I was thinking of getting it, I was like, I think that I'll probably, once I can go back to an in-person workout safely, I'll do that and I won't use the at-home bike anymore. And now I'm like, no, like I'm obsessed with the at-home bike. That was what I was going to ask you as a follow-up was like, do you think you'll still keep it? Yes, I think I'll still keep it. I think I might still go to the studio like once a week, but not have it be have my regular workout be at home because I do think that I don't necessarily work as hard sometimes because there's like nobody in the room so I'm like I'll be like I'll sit down I don't care and then also like some of my favorite instructors just the energy of like being in the room with an instructor I'm obsessed with is a different energy than like taking a class on a screen yeah that makes sense but I did it this afternoon I do it like every other day And I did it this afternoon and I just felt like such an endorphin high. Like I felt so shiny and new and especially because it's getting colder here and like so much of my sanity is tied to walking. Just knowing that I have an outlet in my house and I'm not going to feel trapped is like kind of just like a weight off my shoulders that I'm not as anxious about impending winter and potentially, you know, more shutdowns or things like that as I would be otherwise. Yeah. That's great. I'm so glad you got that. Me too. Me too. I was pulling for you to get it before you got it. I know. I, I would know. Just like to go on record. It's just so expensive. It's just such an investment that I, I, I know, was scared that I wouldn't use it enough or that I don't know. It's, it also feels like lockdown just keeps getting longer and longer. <laughs> I was also so worried about it cr- junking up my living room because I, yeah. I love my living room and I didn't want this like piece of equipment in there. Now I don't even notice it. I don't even care. I'm like. Yeah, I don't my living room looks like. Over. Yeah. So before we get into the rest of our purchases, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers professional therapy online via chat, video, or phone so you can talk to a licensed counselor from the comfort of your couch. So for me, December and January are big months for self-reflection, and maybe you're thinking about starting therapy, but it's always so overwhelming to dive in. Like Where do you find a therapist? How do you know what they specialize in? What if it's not a good match? So I love that BetterHelp is solving all of those problems and saving you wasted time cruising through your insurance directory. So BetterHelp provides private, affordable online counseling when you need it without having to leave your house. 
So here's how it works. You fill out a simple online questionnaire that will assess your needs. They will ask you about your age, your relationship status, your past experience with therapy, and what you're looking to address. Then they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have counselors who are specialized in everything from depression and stress, anxiety to relationships, trauma, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem issues. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours, and you can message them anytime and get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And best of all, it's more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available. Yes, and they are really committed to facilitating great matches so you can make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. And if you're skeptical, you should check out the testimonials on their site. It's really clear that their patients are really, really happy with them, and they've been able to help so many people. It's incredible. And of course, anything you share is always confidential. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash paper. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash paper. Back to the episode. Let's talk clothing. What is your best clothing purchase of 2020? Okay. I have two. So um, the first is the pandemic pants from Old Navy, which are the world's softest and most comfortable sweatpants that I bought at the beginning of quarantine. I like them so much that I bought four pairs. I will link them in the show notes. I will say that they changed the name of them to be pajama pants. I think they're the same. I haven't bought any more, but I, I think they're the same. Grace can attest that I am wearing them right now. She is. They're the we best could not weapons. be dressed more differently. I'm wearing like a very flowy dress to go to dinner after this, my 4.30 dinner. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing like a sweater and sweatpants. <laughs> um, you look cozy. I am cozy. Um, and then it, it's a tie between that and then I've been singing the praises of the airy loungewear that I got recently, but specifically this one pink corduroy sweatshirt is my favorite piece of clothing. It's this big oversized sweatshirt that is so comfy. I don't think they have it anymore, but they do have a quarter zip version of it. But regardless of the specific one, which I don't think is available anymore, airy sweatshirts, so comfortable, going to be my winter pandemic uniform. So I definitely went on the casual side of the spectrum. Yeah. What have you brought to show and tell? Mine's a mix of casual and less casual. The first is Eileen Fisher tunic sweaters. I love Eileen Fisher. I think her clothing Eileen is Fisher so well made. Is such as like a sneak hit. Like anything you look at on their website or in their stores, it always looks like old ladyish because that's how yeah. they style it. But so much of it is secretly great. Like if you style yeah. it differently or like take it out of context, it's like so so good. So I'm a big fan of a tunic sweater. I feel like a lot of sweaters are just short on me. Like I have short legs but a long torso so sweaters I really need I really like to do a tunic the their tunic sweaters are amazing I got I bought one last year and then I went back for two more this year and I wear them with leggings I wear them with skinny jeans I wear them with everything and they're just like really soft and well made they don't pill the quality is incredible um and they're also just a really good company so those um on the less casual end of the spectrum I bought this Ralph Lauren long navy blazer with gold buttons. If you follow my Instagram, you've probably seen it there. But I get so many questions about this piece. And it's one of those pieces where you put it on and I just feel so 
put together. I um, It was getting a little too cold in New York to wear it, but here in Charleston, I've been wearing it quite a bit. So that's been fun. And then back to the more casual things, I would say for me, it's the Viore joggers. Viore, I just learned how to pronounce this because they ended up hiring me to do some sponsored Instagram stories. And I had to refilm the whole thing because I called them Viore, but it's um, V-U-O-R-I. And their joggers, I just love. They're made out of this really lightweight material. The, the fabric is almost similar to the Beyond Yoga leggings, but they're... Um, they're joggers, so they're loose. And I love them. I have, I think I have four pairs of them now. Oh, wow. Um, and they just came out with a longer length, which I personally prefer because the shorter length is more like a above the ankle length, which is cute for summer. But um, I like the longer length best. And then the last thing is along that, the lines of my love of tunics, Amazon has this fleece and I, you've seen it. It's, it's in my gray, Amazon shop. kind of sweatery looking one, right? Yes. It looks like a sweater. It has gold snaps and then the inside is fleece, which you hate. Fleece, I hate so fleece. this, this might not be for you, but, um, it's the best, it's the best fleece. I like it because it's cut very narrow. So it's like cut a little bit form fitting without like being like, it's not like bodycon. It's just like more form fitting and less boxy than a lot of fleeces. And it's that longer tunic length. So it's so cute with leggings. It's just great. I, I think it's so pretty and I love the gold snaps as well. Yeah. You were, you were that like on repeat in the first half of quarantine. It came with me to Charleston. <laughs> it's coming. It's fleece season again. Yeah. And then I brought, I bought a darker gray one too before I left, but I only brought the light gray one with me. What about beauty purchases? Okay, I could go on and on about beauty. Like that's it's just it was too much for me to put like to pick one thing. So I'm just going to say that Botter is still my MVP of 2020. Um I will say that the one thing that really made a big difference for me this year was learning how to tint my own eyebrows. And there is a big blog post with tips and tricks on that and shout out to our our mutual best friend, Jackie. Jackie taught me and then I taught myself and then wrote this blog post. It was one of my most popular posts of the year because it has everything you you need to know and how to do it. But that was a really big game changer for me. I'll also say that since getting here, um, because I felt so pale and stuff, I've been working on my self-tanning game and that's been good too. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, I... I'm not even kidding, like not a sponsored mention whatsoever. I do think pros was like a huge unlock for my hair. My hair has gotten a lot better in quarantine. And admittedly, some of that is that I'm using less heat on it and being more gentle with my hair. But I do think that a really big piece of that is the pros. My hair just like looks shinier and like feels better. So that is definitely it. And then the second is the Ilia Mascara which I got during the most recent Sephora sale. And I'm still not over how, first of all, it's my ideal mascara brush. It's the plastic comb brush. And it is the best natural mascara I've ever, ever tried. It's the best. And it's It's super black. It's super, it's not like the, um, it's not necessarily daytime light mascara. Like it's like really black. Yeah. You should also try the Say mascara. Oh, okay. S-A-S-A-I-E. Those are my two tied for favorite mascara. Well, clean mascara. Well, I don't feel like I need a second one. So once this tube gets old, yeah. I'll I'll try that next. I just remember I was packing for Charleston and I was out of the Ilia and I grabbed the Say one and I was like, eh, I'll take this. And I was like, oh, I forgot how much I like this. Oh, okay. What about home stuff? Uh, my air fryer. 
<laughs> Definitely yeah. the air fryer. I I didn't like it that much at first. Not that I didn't like it. I don't like making air fryer recipes. Like I think that they're all kind of a hassle. And while some of them are good, like those taquitos that I made were really good or the buffalo chicken salad that I made was really good. But like, I just generally don't think that the recipes are worth it. But I feel like I use it, not every day, but I feel like I use it like most days to either heat up leftovers or roast vegetables. And it has been such a yeah. game changer for both of those things. It's the best for roasting vegetables because sometimes you just want like a, a bowl of of roasted broccoli, but like you don't want to get out a pan and like roast it in the oven and all that. It feels like so much work for one one person. Well, it also takes like eight minutes versus 30 minutes in the oven. Yeah. What was yours? Mine, mine was also my air fryer, but because I, you had that, I wanted to pick something else. And that's just, I've, um, I've bought some new paintings this year and art for me really affects my mood. And like my pink Hunt Sloanum bunny that's in the living room, I think that's my favorite home purchase. It makes me so happy. What about your favorite books? We both did a top five. Yeah. You did a top well, like 15. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't give me a limit here. So I just, I pulled like my favorite A plus books from the year. Oh, I tried to do five. So I thought that was reasonable. I think we both could agree that One to Watch by Kate Stamen London was just such a fun read. It was so good. It was so, you know that I love, I feel like this year I've really latched onto the hyper specific romance. Like yeah. normal people don't do it for me anymore. I want like a really niche career or like a super specific premise. Yes. So I absolutely, I loved that. Um, there was two memoirs that really stood out for me. The first was The Chiffon Trenches by Andre Leon Talley, which is all about his uh, his time just in publishing and in fashion. And I found it fascinating. It was such an inside look at his friendship with Karl Lagerfeld and Anna Winter. So that was really, it was a fun read. And it was also just so escapist, especially during the pandemic. The other one was, it's not a new book, but I had never read it. And that was Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. And I just, I mean, I love anything about restaurants. My dad was a chef. I grew up in a restaurant. So that was incredible to 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 read. And then um, what else? I loved The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It was one of our book club picks here. Um, I just thought it was so well written. And the story of the two sisters was, I thought it was just, I thought it was just wonderful. Also, on the thriller front, I only have one thriller on this list. Interesting. And that is The Last Flight by Julie Clark. And I absolutely just love this. It ends up these two women switch places and all of this stuff happens and it's fantastic. Um, what a good description bit. that is. <laughs> These know, two all women switch places, happens. all this stuff happens. You'll like it. I mean, it. look it up. I we've talked about it before, I know. I'm so kidding. I don't want to like I'm just teasing you. Yeah. And then the last one is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. And that, I mean, that's like a really like good book. It's gotten a Pulitzer, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a true story of this reform school um, in the Jim Crow South. And it's really, really heartbreaking, but it's beautifully written. And I think it's an important book. I bought it. I haven't, I haven't read it yet. I think you'll love it. I bought Colson Whitehead's other book, The Underground. I think it was The Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. And that's waiting for me when I get home. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I think about you. Okay. So I think first is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss. So this was not new this year, but I read it in January. So I got super into Throne of Glass, which is Sarah J. Moss's other series last year. And then 
over winter break, kind of between like Christmas and New Year's, I started reading or after New Year's because I read it in 2020, according to Goodreads. I read A Court of Thorns and Roses, and it is like just the best fantasy series that I think I've ever read. So that was like such a good addictive discovery for me. I'm actually kind of mad that I didn't discover those in quarantine because they would be such good quarantine books. Yeah. Um, My second is Homegoing by Yaa Jossi. So this book uh, is not new either, and it got so much acclaim when it first came out. And I thought that it was going to be very serious and a slog to read, and I ended up enjoying it so much I, like, flew through it. And um, I think it's one of my favorite books of all time. So it's a multi-generational book that tells the story of the descendants of two sisters who were born in what is present-day Ghana in the late 1700s, and then it goes through the 1980s or 90s and tells the story of all of their descendants. So my third one was one to watch, which we already talked about, our only mutual overlapping pick. And then um, The Boys Club by Erica Katz was like, I think one of my, definitely my favorite books this year. Oh, I love that too. Uh, It was so, it was such a page turner. And then Kitchens of the Great Midwest, which I just finished, was something that I just felt like was such an underrated gem and I really enjoyed. And it's loosely connected stories. It is a novel, so it's not short stories, but it's loosely connected stories about different people's relationships with food and cooking. And it's so good. And I'm so upset mm-hmm. that you won't read it. I will. I'll read it when I get back. Oh, that's a change of pa- that's a change of tone. Yeah, I'll um, read it. And then my honorable mention, which I didn't feel like I could <laughs> truly put in my top five and like give a slot to, but if I'm being honest, was a very important read to me this year and something that I enjoyed very much. It was Jessica Simpson's audiobook, Open Book. It was wonderful. It was so good. It was so good. Katie was telling me that I need to read Matthew McConaughey's um, oh. memoir. So I might give that a shot at some point. Okay. So That's she was saying it's also very good. Okay. Do you know what I need to talk about before we move on, though, is um, did you see the New York Times top 10 books of 2020 list? Of course I saw it. You sent it to me. Okay. Well, we they both- don't know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry to like pull back the curtain. Becca sent me this in a text message. I'm and upset was about like, this. And was like, Uncanny Valley, what the hell? Well, and it's 10 books and a lot of them made sense. Like Barack Obama's book was in it. The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett was in it. There were like a bunch yes. of more um, literary books that like or nonfiction books that totally made sense in it. And then Uncanny Valley was in it, which is a book that both of us read and we're so underwhelmed by. And frankly, I think everyone I know who's read it has been underwhelmed by it. It was awful. I was shocked. How did that get in there? I don't know. Like, I wasn't expecting Open Book by Jessica Simpson to make it. Like, I understand what that list is. Like, Fun to watch. Yeah, like, sure. Like, maybe on Cosmo's list of top 10 books. But I was like, yeah, that book was like, should have been an article. It yeah. was one of my most disappointing reads this year. And I was I was shocked that it made the top 10 list. I couldn't agree more. I don't understand what happened. I was like, is she in, like writing for them? Like, did she write this? I don't know. Like, I'm I'm honestly excited for some of the best books of the year lists from more lowbrow outlets to come out because I feel like that's more my speed. Same, same. <laughs> Where I'm like, what did I miss that was like a YA thriller? Like, let me know about those. I know. I know. 
That's really funny. But yeah, I was let down that that book. I just felt like it was such a like, wait, what? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. What about TV? Um, So TV, I feel like I have a really short attention span with remembering what TV shows I like. So mine are all really recent. <laughs> um, I loved The Undoing on HBO Max. I were you disappointed like, by the ending? I feel like everyone was so into it up until the last episode, and then I feel like people were kind of turned on it. Did you watch it? No. The ending was a little bit of a, a – um, it felt a little cheap. Okay. Is it, it felt like – it was like the easy way out. Is it a mini series? Like, will there be more? No, it's just oh, okay. six episodes. But I really enjoyed it, and – it held my attention and it was just like good TV in a world yeah. where we're like settling for like another bad Netflix Christmas movie because it's all there is. Well, I saw that it was compared to Big Little Lies, which I also haven't watched, but I disliked the book so much, Big Little Lies, that I like couldn't bring myself to watch the show, even though it has such a great cast. And that oh, comparison funny. just like undid the undoing for me. That makes sense. Um, I would say that the undoing um, – is similar to Big Little Lies, and they both have Nicole Kidman. It's quite different, and it's 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 like it takes place in a courtroom for most a lot of it. And it's oh, that's um, different. Big Little Lies is more about the lead up to the murder that we know happens, whereas this is more about what happens after the murder. Okay, so like right from the start, you know who was killed, you know, but it but they're both set in um, schools, okay, like, with like very wealthy people, so. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed The Queen's Gambit, which was a surprise for me as I don't even care about chess. That made my top list too. Like that is a show that in a vacuum I never would have picked. Like same. Never would have been like this is something I will enjoy. And it was truly Mm -hmm. just the social media like buzz around it from people that I I trust that I decided to try it. And I was – so surprised by how into it I was. Also, I don't find chess interesting. I don't care about chess. Yeah, same. Um, the next one was um, The Politician Season 2. I felt oh like God, season so good was even better than the first. Hard agree. Hard agree. I also, along those lines, I, I really enjoyed Hollywood. Um, I felt like that was... I didn't it's watch that. Shot, it's really good. The visuals are just beautiful, similar to how the um, the politician is just so beautifully mm-hmm. shot, like and so vivid and bright with all the colors. Hollywood is similar to that. Yeah. So mine are on a very different level, oh, except I for the queen's the queen's gambit also made mine. Um. So my first one is Never Have I Ever, and this I came love out that one. at the end of April or the beginning of May, and it Mindy Kaling wrote or directed it. I don't have very good details here, but it's about a high school student who is Indian and she's kind of a loser and she comes back to school and she decides that she's going to um, find a boyfriend and lose her virginity this year. And she has like a ragtag group of friends that she drags into this and it is just so well written. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. I loved it. It's actually- I loved it too. It's actually on my list to rewatch it at some point this winter. I just liked it so yeah. much. I'd, I'd watch it again. Yeah. So then I had The Queen's Gambit. And then another recent one that I enjoyed so, so much was I love Dash and Lily. I loved it. Yeah. It's a Christmas TV show. It's like, what, eight episodes maybe? Um, I think, yeah, eight or ten. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's short. It's quick. I loved it so much. It made me so nostalgic for non-pandemic New York. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just like such a good heartwarming show. Like that's what I want. I mean, yeah. the Queen's Gambit being the exception. Like I want light TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually don't want light TV. I say oh. that. I do. I do like light TV, but like the undoing just really scratched an itch for me. <laughs> no, I want light TV. Like everyone. I said something on my Instagram story last week about Virgin River. And um, I was like, I can't. I don't know why I like it. Like, I don't know what I like about it, but I'm emotionally invested in it. Like, that's the level of TV. So soothing. I I agree with you there. I watched Virgin River in a weekend. Like, people are like, is it good? Should I give it another try? And I'm like, I don't know. It's not good. Like, I can't explain this. And just like, I'm here for it. It's not good, but it's good. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's soothing in a weird way. I feel the same way about that and um, the Magnolias one. Oh, I didn't watch that one. That one was too saccharine. I watched like half an episode and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's weird that I enjoyed this because out of the two of us, like who watches more saccharine TV? I do, but you watch more TV than me because you background watch a lot of stuff. And when I watch things, I like actually sit and watch it. So I feel like you watch more in a broader range of things because you're only half watching them. Not the undoing and not the Queen's Gambit, but yes, for for light stuff, I watch it like um I'll like edit images or um I will do like menial like there's so much menial work um for blogging and I don't have an assistant really anymore so all that stuff that like uploading images and sizing shit I do that when I have like a bad TV show on like Sweet Magnolias or Virgin River <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm a big fan of a background show. I do that with the Netflix movies too. Like yeah. I like half watch them. Yeah. But if it's if it's like a thriller or a mystery or about spies and lawyers, that is I that gets full attention. Okay. Okay. Cuz I can't I can't keep up with the with like an intense plot if I have like a, a task I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um should we move on to movies? Yeah. I didn't really have much here. Well, I tried to pick a new movie. I I thought that that was like the the point. I didn't have. Oh. I know. So I really loved. I talked about this maybe a month or so ago. I really loved this movie called The High Note with Tracy Ellis Ross and Dakota Johnson, and it's about an aging singer who um, is kind of past her prime and is making a comeback. And it's kind of just like a girl power movie. I enjoyed it so much. I, I hadn't heard anything about it, um, and it came out direct to streaming. I think like in May or June. Um, So I think it kind of got lost in the pandemic shuffle. And that was like such a surprise to me how much I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I watched that with you. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I didn't have a movie. I will say that, what is the the year movie? Um, 19, is it 1917? Yes. I watched 1917 in the theaters and I wouldn't watch it again, but it was amazing. That was like the only real new, new, new movie I watched this year that was like worth talking about. The okay. other thing is I'm just going to give Nancy Myers another shout out. Nancy Myers Nancy owns got- your heart. How Nancy do we get Nancy Myers on this podcast? I don't know. I what would, would you it. do if Nancy Myers came on this podcast? I would pass out. <laughs> there would be it would just be you and her cuz I'd be dead. Well, um, I'd enjoy talking to Nancy Myers while you were dead. Yeah. No, I just think her movies really helped me get through a lot of rough stuff this year. And I just love her. And I have watched her movies like more than I ever like I always watch them like kind of a lot. Like I I probably watch like either something's got to give or it's complicated at least once a month. 
Like, I feel like Nancy, one or the other. I feel like Nancy Myers is now a character in our friendship to the extent that like our other friends are. Like it's like we have Rachel, Alex, and Nancy. Yeah, those are our friends. Yeah. Yeah. What about recipes? Have you discovered any new recipes that have been like your triumph of 2020? So I would say the Allison Roman flatbread became Ugh. a big favorite. You have you made that a bunch in the first part of quarantine and you made yeah. it for me a bunch of times and it I actually forgot about it until right this minute and now it's I'm just so remembering good. how good it is. It's her sour cream flatbread and I don't even like sour cream, but sour cream inside bread is a very good idea. Me too. I don't like sour cream either, but it it doesn't taste like sour cream, but it just like the texture of it is so good. Yeah. It's almost like naan. It's Ugh, so good. So good. So that and then just had to plug, similar to Nancy Myers, my comfort soup is the Oshi Glows um, cream of tomato soup. And I will say that I have all the ingredients like hoarded away in the back of my closet because <laughs> I was like, I got nervous about groceries like a couple months ago. I'm like, we're going to have another wave. And so I bought all the things to make it. So I'll make it <laughs> when I get back. I'm glad you have tomato soup until the until the end times. Yeah. If something bad happens, you know you can come downstairs and get the tomato soup ingredients. I'm allergic to cashews. Oh, yeah. You're allergic to like all of it. Um, yeah. M- mine, I think this is a 2020 discovery. Mine is the Julia Tertian turkey meatballs. And oh, they're, yeah. they're turkey meatballs and they're made with ricotta. So they're like really, I don't know, they're like really tasty, but also like really light and not like dry. Ugh, yeah. They're so good. I make these all the time. They also freeze super well. So I feel like I always make a big batch and then I put some in the freezer. And it's like the only yeah. thing. I feel like a lot of times I'll make things and I'll freeze them. And then I never, yeah. I never, I end up throwing them out from the freezer. Like I never want yeah. them again. But this is like the only thing that I like look forward to that I have frozen. Yeah. Those are really good. So shall we get out of our favorite things from 2020 and get into some end matter? Yes, let's do it. I don't have an Instagram, but I see you do. Oh, yeah. Mine is the dot S-A-T-T-V-A dot life, um, the Sattva life. And this one came from Liz Adams, too, because we're having a heart to heart just in our DMs. And she sent me this quote from from this account that really like made a lot of sense for me. I, I reshared it to my Instagram, but it was just about like really living for yourself and what you want and getting really clear on your own priorities. And it really resonated. So I started following this account and I love everything they post. Oh, I'll have to check it out. I I don't think I saw that on your stories. It's like an inspirational account post. I don't dislike that. Yeah, it's good. What about um, obsessions? Oh, so I did something this week that is like very long overdue. So um, I have a Robinhood account which so I think it was this year maybe it was last year I have always been like slightly embarrassed that I don't understand the stock market so I have most of my money invested like through an investment professional and but I was like I don't really understand how the stock market works so I I created a Robinhood account just to like play with stocks it's not like my main investment portfolio or anything um and I I truly think it's worked I really do understand the stock market much better and like I get it now. Um, yeah. So anyway, I I set up auto investments into two index funds this week. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone who doesn't know, an index fund is basically just like the – there's different kinds, but it's basically just like 
a representative sample of the stock market. So mm-hmm. um, it's like a very safe investment. A lot of times like retirement type things are invested into this type of thing. So it grows with the market. Um, like you're not going to win big, but you know, it's like a safe, steady investment. Yeah. So I set up auto investments on two different index funds. I just set it up for $75 a week. One is 50 and one is 25. Because the problem is, is that if I lump sum it, I like I feel like I contribute less than if I if I pull a little over time because like 75 I don't I won't miss that on a weekly basis but I feel like it'll add up over time so I set that up and I'm very happy with myself for doing that oh I love that I'll also put my Robin Hood referral link in the show notes they have a very good referral thing where it's like if you sign up you get a free stock and I get a free stock so if anyone is interested in learning how the stock market works, that's how I did it. Yeah, I want to do that. It's all of my friends are very into it too, which is very fun. Like my group text of my college friends, like nobody is invested large amounts in it, but like, you know, we're all into we, we're like our own wolf of Wall Street. We're like, very you know, who's into really it. into that is John. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He had told me about it a while ago, and he's like, just do it, just do it. And I never did it, and now maybe I think I should. It's fun. Like, we we always yeah. talk about it. We call them our stock babies, and we always talk about how that. they're doing. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign up. Use my link. Okay. I'm going to text you Send. my link. Perfect. Okay, what's yours? Yours Mine. is something you're very passionate about. Well, I'm so glad that you f- did your homework and finish because – Virgin River. Oh my God, we talked about it under TV. It did Are not you make give my spoilers. Best... Should no. people fast? Okay. The ending was just such a cliffhanger. Grace, you're such a you're such an easy um, TV audience. Grace yeah, has know. been going on for like a week to me about how shocking the ending was and how she needed me to finish so that we could talk about it. And like she was upset with me that I wasn't done. And I fi- I finished last night and I was like, that was what had you all hot and bothered? The problem is, Becca, Okay, Virgin River is my soothing show. And that was a lot of action in that last episode. But I feel like they – but I feel like there's always been like that like cheesy like danger plot going on. I guess. I don't know. It was a lot. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed it too. Again, I can't explain it, but I I love that I, show. I don't know what I like about this show. And people are like, oh, you should watch Heart of Dixie or Gil- Gilmore Girls if you like that. I'm like, I hated both of those shows. So I don't know. I don't know why I like it. It, it just, is not good. We're not going to question it. We're not going to question yeah, things that bring us joy this year. I do like Jack a lot. Jack brings me joy. You know that he's actually from New Zealand, right? Yes. He's got a good American accent. He really does. But also like just the thought of him – I haven't even heard it, but the thought of him speaking in a New, Ze- New Zealand accent like does things to oh, me. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about on books? Yeah. It looks like we both have some things to share. Yeah. So on the books front – I finished The Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Laurie Nelson Spielman, which was passed to me by my mom. I bought it because you Um, tagged me and you said how much I would like it, so I bought it. I've been on a book buying spree. I'm banned from buying books now. You would love it. It's um, So this one is about these two cousins who are the second-born daughters in their family, and there's a curse on second-born daughters that they can never find lasting love. And the one girl like is content living a small life she's like a baker at the family deli in um 
neighborhood outside of New York. You know that and that's my least favorite trope is any woman that owns a bakery. She doesn't own a bakery, though. She's She works for her family. And she just just really mistreated by her family. It's really sad. And then her like estranged but very eccentric aunt Poppy invites her to go to Italy. Oh, you got me back that, there with an eccentric older lady. And Italy. So it's like it is so well over and it feels like you're in Tuscany and Venice and the Amalfi Coast. So I loved that about it. It felt like going on a vacation. And um, it's also very heartwarming and just really cute. I have it on my list. So I love that. I'm still reading Joyful by Ingrid Feltelli. I feel like we'll be um, hearing th- this update for like the next I seven know. months. I read a chapter of it before we recorded because I had like a half an hour free. Then I finished Stamped, which I listened to as audiobook. And that was great. That was um, Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Kendi basically unpacking American history. But I don't know if you know this, it- but is it still free on Spotify? I'm not sure. That would be that's great if it is. In June, it was free on Spotify, and I don't, I haven't looked since then, so I don't know if it's changed. But it, if you're interested, you can check, listener. Yeah, not great. It. I really, I don't want to say enjoyed it, but I think it's a really important book and kind of a, a relearning of American history. And then, oh my God, I started Obama's new book two days ago. It's 29 hours long on audio. Wow. And I'm already like four hours into it in two days because of walking. And I also put it on as I'm doing chores and like getting ready in the morning. Oh, just to spend this time with with my friend Barry. (laughs) Is Barry going to become the new Nancy? Yeah. Just a character in our friendship. Oh, it's so good, Becca. Right now, he's just talking about like his it's kind of it's autobiographical right now. He's talking about his like rise to in politics. Like right now, he's just won the Senate the U.S. Senate election. I just, I, he has such an earnest way of telling stories and it's really deeply personal, but it's also inspirational and educational. I, I love it so much. I love him. I'm going to be, I was like 29 hours. Like, I don't know if I'll finish it in December. I'm probably going to finish it like in a week or two. Wow. In like, in like two weeks, in like two weeks. Wow. Because I listen to like over an hour of it every day. I also don't have like a lot going on socially down here because I pretty much just see my family and I get kicked out at seven like after our four thirty time. And I go for a lot of walks. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a ton of reading. I had a three book weekend over Best. Thanksgiving weekend. So I read This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins. And this book just came out December first. And um Oh my gosh, it was one of my favorite British rom-coms of the year. So you have this one too, and I think you'll like it. It's it's very well done. So it's about yeah. the, uh, this girl who also is cursed with bad luck, and um, she's born on New Year's Day, and there's a guy who was born on the same day in the same hospital, and he's very lucky. So she's unlucky and he's lucky. And they keep running into each other. And it's kind of yeah. a book about fate and like whether they're destined to be together. And um, I really enjoyed this book. I yeah. loved it. It was like – I have this. Yeah. And I can't wait to read it. It was such a treat. Then I read The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes by Alyssa R. Sloan. And this one you passed to me and you said that I would like. And you were right. I enjoyed the book – right until the end and then I feel like it ended like two-thirds of the way through the book I was like I don't understand what happened yeah 
Like the ending was deeply unsatisfying and didn't make any sense. I felt like the ending was, yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. And it also didn't really un- talk about why she killed herself. No, like the whole thing was this mystery. It was about a pop star from the early 2000s who now is like not in the same pop group anymore. And she commits suicide. And the whole thing is like, why did she kill herself? And I was like, we never at, really at the end out. of the book. I was like, I don't understand what happened. Yeah. So I felt very unsatisfied by it, but I enjoyed the rest of the book. I just left confused. Yeah. So do with that what you will. I don't really know where I stand on this book. Um, And then I picked up this book that I had on my pile that it was a Christmas book. And I was like, oh, I should read it in November because by the time I share what I've been reading in, in January for December, I'm like, people won't care about Christmas books anymore. So I was kind of like, do I give this – I either read this one now or I don't read this one at all. Mm-hmm. And I was in a cheesy mood. So on Sunday, I started reading. It's called Christmas at the Island Hotel by Jenny Colgan. And yeah. I feel like I need to really stand this book because I had such low hopes going in. Like I thought I was going to DNF this. Like I was like, this looks cheesy. It looks like a mom book from the cover. Like it looks like a like Mary Kay Andrews book or something. Like yeah. it looks cheesy. And yeah. I was like, I don't I think I'm too good for this. I'm not too good for this. So it is about a island off the coast of Scotland. And it's this like little tiny island village where everyone's in everyone's business. And they're opening a hotel, like a fancy hotel on the island. And um, the story is mostly about this girl who works in the kitchen at the hotel, and then she falls in love for a sec- with a secret prince um, who has been banished from Norway because he's a lazy piece of shit, and he has to, like, learn to be useful. Um, but then it also is kind of told where there's chapters from other people, so there's, like, it's in everyone's business on the island. It is so cute. It was, like... It was it was great. Like it had very good Gilmore Girls vibe of like quirky small town, everyone's business. I ended up loving it. Yeah. I read it in that two, sounds, in two that days. That sounds good. I loved it. So I, I read that. And then during this week, I read A Snowfall of Silver by Laura Wood. And so this is the author of A Sky Painted Gold, which is one of my all-time favorite books. And I also think is one of the most underrated books that we talk about in this community i looked the other day and it still only has like 72 amazon reviews that's so weird it's so it's good. A good book it's so good it's, it's such like, a good book that book is like kind of like a ya great gatsby yeah. um and so then she has a series that is like loosely in the same timeline and like same types of stories and so this is the third book and it is actually i didn't realize it's going in but it's about lou who is the main character in the first book it's about her little sister freya so she goes to london to become an actress and like has all these adventures it was so good i was I read this so one. sad when it ended not because it's a sad book just because i was like this was amazing and i just like i wish there was more yeah oh so i'm just here to tell you if you haven't read a sky painted gold please please read it it's a great book so i am with becca on that but if all the way. we just we just told you like nine books that we've read, but if yeah. none of those struck your fancy, reminder that we have an early 
book club this month. Our book club is next week on December 16th, and we're reading The Cousins by Karen McManus. Yes. And then after that, we're taking two weeks off. So it'll be book club, and we will be back in the new year. Yes. Um, So if you haven't gotten a chance to read the book, the book club episode will be waiting for you whenever you're ready for it. And this is such a great book. It's a YA thriller, which is perfect for me because it's not scary or gruesome in any way. It's like suspenseful, but like in a way that there's no gore. Nobody's going to murder me. Yes. Um, And it's about rich, unsupervised teens, their cousins who go to this island to meet their estranged and mysterious grandmother. And the island's off the coast of Cape Cod. It is. Yeah. So that's what we've got for you today. Come chat with us in the Facebook group, search Bad on Paper on Facebook, or come follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com, where I post every single day except Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Not every single day. Every day except Sunday, bitches. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I also co-created and wrote and directed a podcast called Rom-Com Pods that is a fiction podcast. So if you're looking for some entertainment over the holidays, I highly recommend it. But I'm obviously really biased. All right, guys. Excellent. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.